You're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett. I hope you're having a good day and I'm really thankful for you listening. So this is Tech Talks with Lou, the show in which I discuss the top tech secrets for success from the best in today's digital world. Last time, I spoke with Liz Pendleton, co-founder of Rise and Shine Alarm Clock app. We speak about the reality of being a go-to person in tech, the challenges in developing an app, and the value of waking up feeling great. If you haven't already listened, head back after this episode and let me know what you think. My guest today has nearly 20 years in the ergonomics industry and workstation assessments, helping people feel more comfortable when working either in an office space or working at home. I'd like to welcome Joe Blood to my podcast. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Hi, Lou. It's lovely to be here and thank you for inviting me on. You are very welcome. So you're an owner in uh, an organisation within the ergonomics industry. Explain a little bit about what that term means and how you kind of got into, into this particular industry. Sounds very fancy, doesn't it? The ergonomics industry. So in essence, we're like the experts of the office furniture world in some ways. That's not to say that all the other office furniture people aren't experts. It's we tend to get down to the very nitty gritty level. So if somebody is really struggling at their workstation, if they've got back pain, neck pain, RSI, we can come in and we can provide assessments. We can look at how someone's sitting and then just say, right, this isn't quite right. You're not sitting quite right that's putting additional strain on the body let's change all of this but then also these are the products that you'll need going forward as well just to help and the products tend to come if people have got really severe problems um, such as prolapse discs um, special medical conditions things like that and they just need additional support rather than your kind of bog-standard office chair. I got into the industry, I married into it. So my husband founded the company back, oh, 21, 22 years ago. And he, I was off on maternity leave. He needed a bit of help. And I was like, right, well, I'll go and help him for a couple of days, but I don't want to get sucked into it too much. I'm going to go back to my nice, comfortable marketing job. Yeah. Um, and that, that was 20, 20 odd years late, uh, oh, years ago now. So, and I, I fell in love with the industry. I adore helping people. And I really love the fact that we make a genuine difference to people's working lives as well. That um, sounds amazing. You stuck with an industry and the the essence of helping people. I think, you know, whichever organisation or industry you're in, then if you feel some element of service, certainly from my perspective, it just fills your cup more than something you're just doing for yourself or for people that kind of don't really have that buy-in. And if you can see people's lives improving and have that feedback as well, then that just makes it all all better. Yeah, no, it's lovely. I, I never consider the fact that I sell office furniture. It's far more to do with the fact that we help people flourish when they're working and it's so much more consultative in some ways and the fact that actually if somebody is really struggling sitting at their desk we can help that we can actually sort that out for people yes fantastic I I love that so I've uh as you may know because we've had conversations offline about working in the corporate industry um been in corporate organization with hundreds and 
thinking about, okay, my mind has just gone. I am on these office chairs, wheeling around, spinning around. Okay, I did work as well. Um, <laughs> but there's that element of fun when it comes to a chair. And certainly, okay, so when when you have a new office chair arrive, you go, I want that one. And it might be allocated to someone else and you might kind of switch it around. And people become very protective of their yes. office chairs, don't they? Yeah. So maybe you as a listener, uh, you know, do you have a favourite chair? You know, is there is there an office chair that kind of, you know, is, is the duff one and actually nobody wants to sit in it because someone spilt coffee on it or you know the up and down function on the chair doesn't work anymore anyway it's always the freelancers or the people that only come into the office occasionally that get relegated to that chair and it's the sad one in the corner and someone will walk in and go where can I sit and they're like over there that's your chair (laughs) so I I love the fact that you're able to um, support individuals and organizations let's talk a bit about how you help organizations of many employees with their kind of um you know workstation assessment because i know when i've sat at a desk um maybe some of you as well have had to complete kind of online assessments to make sure your posture is correct you know the distance between your your eyes and the screen and the levels as well Um, where your feet are talk to us a bit about some of those aspects that might make a considerable difference in how comfortable we feel when we're working well I think there's still and it's sad reality sort of I'd have thought after 20 years I wouldn't be saying saying this but there are still companies out there that don't realize that it's actually um a regulation health and safety regulation is that they have to have a workstation assessment so if you have less than five employees you don't have to have a written one on file but any company with over five employees has to have a written document that can be audited at any time as a workstation assessment and you're right in what you're saying that workstation assessment sounds like it's a dull piece of health and safety but effectively that's minimizing somebody's risks and sitting at an office is sitting in a chair and a desk is pretty low risk really but one of those things is you obviously sit there eight hours a day sometimes longer and that adds up over the years and and musculoskeletal issues is one of the second most common reasons for people to be off sick in the UK now not all of that is office environment because you've obviously got sort of that's every type of work but it is very much there's a section in there which is office based and it's if somebody sits wrong at a desk over years it can damage the body as well so what we tend to do is we go in we can help companies actually set up their workstation assessments so they can be doing it themselves in-house but just need a little bit of help and guidance as to how to do that but also then when they start uncovering the people that have actually got problems that's where we really come into play because we can come in and do advanced assessments and then we can help recommend things that will actually make a genuine difference as well Mm. and that's where we tend to work and so I can be working with just one individual so they're self-employed person up to a company that's got tens of thousands of employees as a rough rule of thumb we tend to work on a five percent rule so we say that standard office furniture is meant to fit 95 percent of the 
working people. Yeah. But you'll always have 5% of people that don't fit into standard office furniture. Mm. So they'll be too small, they'll be too tall, they'll be too light, they'll be too heavy or they will actually have some kind of serious medical complication. So if you think about it, any company will probably have one or two individuals that the standard office furniture just isn't right for them. Yeah. And that's where we tend to come in and can help, really. Goodness. So I know we've spoken a bit about the amount. uh, I run a small business and I know a number of people listening will have be running businesses. And we spend, uh, certainly from a design and tech perspective, we spend a lot of money on equipment. And we've kind of mentioned and talked offline about having a chair or some other. Is it primarily chairs that we're kind of talking about? It can be chairs, it can be desks, it can be something as simple as a little plastic block that goes underneath the monitor to make sure the monitor is at the right height. And I think people have this perception that, oh, it's going to cost me a fortune. Whereas, yes, sometimes some of our chairs are more expensive, but they tend to have much longer warranty periods as well. And so there's a lot of our chairs, quite a few of our chairs have got 10-year warranties to them. And so if you then break down that price, Mm. actually that's not a huge investment on a sort of per-sitting-per-day kind of value of it. (laughs) Yes, I I think, you know, there's an element of potentially investing as much in the, you know, technical equipment as you do in, you know, your desks and your chairs. Actually, the value of you as an individual is as important as the the products or the, the content or whatever you're creating with your laptops and technology. And that, for me, when you mentioned that, was kind of a real turning point in the value of working to actually have value for yourself. If you think about it, you wouldn't use a computer that's 10 years old because it would be too slow, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be able to interact with the latest technology. And the the people within a company, they are the most expensive bit of that company. You've got people's salaries, you've invested yeah. training, all of that. It's like, why would you not provide them with kit that allows them to do their best work? Because you want yeah. to get a return on investment, really. So if you're sitting them sitting on an old chair, which is giving them back problems, they're not they're going to be concentrating on how much their back hurts as opposed to sort of developing the next great piece of work so yes. i get i get very cross about it in some ways i'm like no it needs to be better so yes i i love i love that um passion and enthusiasm that you that you have um for that and i think you know it just kind of demonstrates your consideration and your commitment to yeah. the industry or it's rage, rage against poor office furniture. <laughs> You're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett. And today I'm talking with Joe Blood, owner of Posture People. So, Joe, organisations that are quite large will hopefully have workstation assessments. Uh, as you've mentioned, it's a regulation. But the awareness of, you know, five employees, that's also part of the regulation. But Let's think about kind of smaller, smaller businesses and business owners where it might be one person or they're, they're kind of self-employed freelancing and maybe going to co-working spaces. What can those individuals do for themselves to help their posture when they're working? 
I always think it's almost more important that sort of that that one individual actually takes care of themselves because Mm. they don't have a nice fluffy corporate world to fall back on. And so in essence, if they have a problem, then actually they're going to have to, they're going to bear the direct result of that. And so if they suddenly find they can't work because their back's gone or the fact that they've got crippling RSI, there is nobody to help them. So it's one of those awful sayings, isn't it? But prevention is better than the cure. Is that right? Yeah. I forgot what the saying is. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It's being being proactive rather than reactive in that sense. Yeah. And so actually by just educating yourself on what are the best ways of sitting at a desk, and we've got lots of YouTube videos, we've got lots of resources on our website, but there is also that you can effectively do a workstation assessment for yourself. You don't need to wait until somebody does it for you. We have a little kind of online tool that only costs 99p to do, and it'll actually take you through all of the questions and then it'll give you a report at the end, which highlights in red any areas of concern. So you can start pinpointing it and say, well, actually, you're not quite sitting at the right height or your keyboard and your mouse aren't in the right place. And then you can sort of say, OK, right, well, I know that's an issue. What can I do about it? And then you can go off mm. and investigate how how you can fix that. So. I think if you've worked in corporate, then you have some sense of of going through that kind of workstation assessment. But those that haven't, you know, been anywhere close to a corporate environment may not have that awareness. Um, are you working on any kind of awareness campaigns for, you know, on the back of COVID or, you know, people that work from home? What? So we did we. Funnily enough, COVID was a real interesting point for us because we obviously deal mainly with businesses and then all of a sudden everybody was working from home. And although we'd got resources to help people working at home, there was a lot of people suddenly working in some very, very bizarre situations. So a lot of it was trying to get a lot of information out there quickly. So one of the things we did is recorded a YouTube video called How to Work from Your Kitchen Table, which has been hugely successful and I think we've had lots and lots of downloads of it and I would always say that that's a real kind of treasure trove of information if you haven't got anybody coming around and actually doing the assessments for you actually you can watch a couple of our videos and actually go I know where the monitor should be and it's interesting because even people that have been in the corporate world for a long time they don't necessarily have all the access to all of this information straight away and so sometimes it's about actually taking care of yourself rather than waiting for like Mm. the corporates company to come around and help you but yeah the, the videos on our youtube really really help in some ways and if there's anything that you kind of go there's a problem and she hasn't covered it please let me know and i will film another video on it so i love I haven't it done I, working on, I haven't done yet how to how to do a bar stool in the kitchen maybe that'll be the next one <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really good idea um, yeah. So there's there's lots of thinking around, you know, if you've got that knowledge from corporate, but then it's that transition because you're working from home and you're in your home space and there's not there's kind of that disconnect and it's how we can kind of sit or have our posture. So give us a couple of tips or some information how any of us right now could improve our posture and our working environment if we're either in an office or working from home and have not yet 
got to one of your assessments? Okay, so probably the most important thing is to make sure you're sitting at the right height. And you can work that out really easily by effectively just dropping your shoulders so they're nice and relaxed. And then you form a right angle at your elbow. And whatever desk or surface you're working at should be in line with your elbow and your forearm. So then when you're working, your shoulders aren't being pushed up or you're yeah. not dropping down to actually reach the surface. Um, and that just by sitting at the right height can actually help with a lot of the problems. And yes. it's something that a lot of people don't do. They tend to either sit too high or they, or very commonly they sit too low. As soon as you yes. sit too low, you end up shrugging your shoulders, which over time will have a really big impact. Mm. And if you're working from home, one of the key differences working at home is if you're working at the kitchen table, kitchen tables are three centimetres higher than standard desks. So oh. a kitchen table is 76 centimetres, whereas a standard desk is about 72, 73 centimetres. So sitting at the right height, your feet might not reach the floor whereas they do normally at a desk. Yeah. Whereas one of the things you need to think about then is actually just put some support underneath your feet, some books, block of paper, footrest, something like that. But um, yeah, that catches out a lot of people working at home because they're working yes. slightly higher than they would in an office. So I know um, some of my listeners may well have the very clever standing desks. Yes. Um, give me some information about how useful they might be in regards to their working environment and looking after their own well-being. You know, standing decks are brilliant because part of the problem with sitting is the fact that actually you tend to get comfortable and you tend to sit for very long periods of time. Whereas if you think about it, the body's designed to move. Even on this podcast, I'm waving my arms around. I'm, I, I want to jump up and down and, and do it. Look, but part of the issue is when we sit for so long, the blood doesn't tend to move around the body. So your body gets yeah. stiffer. Um, everything gets sluggish and slow. You put a standing desk into the mix and all of a sudden you've got another area that you can move to another posture so you can yep. stand then you can sit the, the rolls royce of solutions is that optimum stand some of the time sit some of the time and don't yep. stay too long in any one of the positions if you stand all day it can be almost as bad as sitting for you yes. all day. the key is to keep moving um yep. yeah. so um, when I've been involved with workstation assessments, um, you know, there's often been a thing where you have to, you know, a, a question around, do you stand up every 20 minutes and have a walk around? But for me and many others, um, that 20 minute cycle of standing up and walking around completely trashes any productivity. If you're a developer and you've got your eyes on code and developing testing between screens, that's the last thing you need is interruptions every 20 minutes. Is that still a valid thing? Tell me more about that science. It is completely valid because I know that the breaking concentration can be very difficult to then get back into it. We say to people, probably make sure you move every 40 minutes or so. But also listen to your body. If you move after 40 minutes and it hurts, you actually need to decrease the amount of time it is before you move again. Um, okay, so, so 20 minutes is probably a good recommendation. Somewhere. I think, I think it comes down to everyone's personal experience. Yes. But also I think people forget it might 
break that concentration just in that moment. But actually, you almost need to fast forward to the end of the day and see how productive you are at the end of the day compared to the beginning of the day. So the beginning of the day, you're nice, you're fresh, you're relaxed. Whereas come by the end of the day, if you just sit solidly for four hours, Mm. you can almost guarantee actually that end portion of the day is not very productive because you're sitting there, you're wriggling, you're uncomfortable. Whereas actually, if you'd have managed your movement levels throughout the day, Mm. you'd have a more productive afternoon session as well because you wouldn't be so uncomfortable. And I think people working at home actually are suffering more with this than actually people in the office because in the office Mm. there's more environments you probably have to walk further to go to the loo you have to get up to go to the printer and that you just colleagues come and bother you so you've got a little bit of distractions there whereas actually in when you're working from home you can have really solid blocks of time where you just don't move and that's where you almost need to say right actually I'm going to be disciplined about this I'm going to put a kitchen timer on the other side of the room so it goes off every 30 minutes and I have to get up and I have to turn it off and then cut back down again you don't have to take a five ten minute walk each time you have a break what you're talking about is literally getting up taking a few steps and sitting back down again just so you get that blood pumping around your body No, that's really, really helpful, Joe. Just having that, you know, thinking about setting a discipline for moving. And like you're saying, you know, if you don't have those distractions at home um, because you're not in an office, then it's really helpful to think about that for your Mm. own physical well-being. Yes, you'll have a lot more productive, longer day as opposed to just having a very productive morning. So... (laughs) That sounds that sounds positive on one hand, but a longer working day. No, thank you. I know my days are quite long enough working regardless of anything else. You're doing that day anyway, so you just might as well be more comfortable throughout the whole day. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's the point, isn't it? It's about being comfortable. Um, And I know we were also talking offline about um, the Diary of a CEO podcast with Michael Easter and the comfort crisis. And, you know, being in offices or, you know, living life right now, all of the devices, all of the technology, everything around us is made for us to feel more comfortable. Now, whilst that's an aim, again, putting our bodies under some element of kind of feeling uncomfortable so that we're we're not kind of stuck in that, you know, sat at a desk comfortable for all day but I know one of the recommendations was to try and sit on the floor more and use and strengthen some of our muscles um but what what's your kind of thinking around that that was probably one of the few points in the podcast that I didn't actually agree with because mm. you can't sit on the floor to work. It just doesn't work for the rest of your body. So effectively, yeah. if you're sitting on the floor to work, then your laptop's going to be balanced in front of you. And the only way to use that laptop would be putting more strain on your neck, which is then causing that a problem further down. Yeah. So I completely understood where he was coming from. And I think he has some yeah. really, really valid points um and it definitely made me think about things and kind of go oh yeah Mm. and what we said was very similar actually in in the way that he he was coming from a slightly different point of view but Mm. actually we do need more movement and if you're working don't sit on the floor to work but actually think about actually let's take the regular breaks let's get up let's think about actually why don't I get a sit-stand desk so that I can move 
um, positions very easily during the day. Yeah. But you could sit on the floor when you're watching TV. Now, that's like the perfect time to do it because yeah. sofas are even worse than office chairs, to be completely honest. They're complete lack of support on the sofa. So do, that's do you know what? <laughs> I, spend, I spend very little time sat on the sofa, um, not because I'm addicted to work, but actually I find you know, having an upright posture, sat at my kitchen counter or at the dining table kind of watching TV or watching a screen, much more comfortable than a sofa. Maybe I just need a new sofa. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But now you can sit on the floor cross-legged and see how that goes. Exactly. Yeah. I I, I train jiu-jitsu, so there's a lot of kind of floor work and various other things. So, you know, I, I quite like being on the floor. And obviously, you know, with the kids around, um, it's great to kind of build the the strength to be able to sit there and yeah maybe not stay in one place for too long because uh, it's about that movement as well. One of the things I really liked about what he was talking about, and it has made me think I must go and read the book now because I hadn't read the book before listening to the podcast, was that he talked about that actually if we want a long and fulfilling and satisfying life actually it is making us slightly uncomfortable because we have to move more and the fact that a lot of the kind of uh, common conditions that we're coming down with now are because we're we're just we're too comfortable there there were a few things where he was sort of possibly aligned some of the science in and it was it, it, it was kind of fitting with the narrative he wanted but having said that I do agree that actually things like the rise of heart disease and stuff like that it is mm. because we are just not as active anymore. Yeah. And I think he said, actually, he said, oh, uh, we didn't have heart disease before then. I thought, uh, no, I think that's probably more the fact that we are now better at diagnosing kids. But having yes. said that, I think more people yeah. are suffering with it because we are sitting longer yeah. periods of time. We're just not yes. as active. So. so tell me how posture people can help large organizations or individuals who are freelancers uh, and kind of in self-employed or small business owners? I think we can help people by being that that pair of ears that you can talk to to get good advice from and to be able to get actually from a point of knowledge we look at a lot of chairs if you like we have sat in every single bloody chair on the marketplace (laughs) so just so that we know which ones are the good ones and which ones are the bad ones love it so Um, so you're you're the people that um in a department store i've now got my mind has gone to all the beds and and you're the kind of the goldilocks trying out all of the all of the beds but but you're the ones trying out all of the chairs we are trying out all of the chairs desks are pretty much the same to be completely honest there's nothing really whizzy about a desk but chairs what what can suit one person won't suit the next person and obviously over 18 years we have seen just about every size and shape of person and every medical condition going and so we've normally got a pretty good idea of what products will help and that's what a lot of our kind of customers use us for Mm. is they say right we've got this person they've got that condition they're finding they're having these problems yeah 
what's going to help them. And sometimes it is just about education and training somebody about how to sit properly at a desk, which yes. sounds bizarre, doesn't it? We're kind of professional naggers, if you like, and kind of go in and go, right, actually, that's a really bad position you're sitting in. And, and um, But some of it is the fact that actually people do need, if someone's got sciatica, for example, mm. a chair with a coccyx cutout could really help them because it's just allowing a lot of pressure release from the kind of sciatic nerves. But yes. that won't work as well for somebody that's maybe got a prolapsed disc, whereas they need a bit more lumbar support. Yeah. And so sometimes it's just about matching one product to the, to the person. Yes. When you were talking about the chairs, I was going... Okay, you know the 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 bouncy hopper things, the the kind of balls that you could oh, sit yeah. on, and, and then you've while whilst you're working, you've actually got yeah. to concentrate on balancing as well. Yes, um, and and the bean bags, the kind of large bean yeah. bags. Oh, um, don't give me stars about the bean bags. <laughs> It throws throws my mind into uncomfortableness beyond, and then you shift, and then all the beans or whatever um, yeah. kind of shift one way, and then you can't actually yeah. juggle everything. Um, but do you remember those the seats where you balance your knees or you rest your knees, and yes. then it's completely upright? Um, yeah. How helpful are, are those? Are they still in the mix? Maybe not mm-hmm. the kind of office space, but um, yeah. you know, home working. Okay, so there's so many things here to answer. And I'm like, oh my God, beanbags. Whatever you do, do not sit on a beanbag to work. That's a category. No. A gym ball is an it's a really useful exercise tool, but it's yes. not a great office chair. Because do you remember when we talked about earlier about the sitting height? You can't yeah. blow a gym ball up and down to suit the right height for somebody. So therefore, yeah. gym balls are great to strengthen your core. So have one in the corner so you actually sit on it for five minutes, strengthen your core, but come back and sit at a chair that can be properly adjusted. Now, kneeling chairs. Kneeling mm. chairs are sort of the same issue as a gym ball in the fact that they're not very easy to adjust in height. Yeah. And so if you have a kneeling chair which are really good for your posture you've mm. then got to be able to have a desk which you can alter the height of the desk so that you are sitting at the right height yeah. nine times out of ten people buy a kneeling chair and they try and put it to a standard desk uh. and then then the shoulders are in the wrong position so one yeah. thing knocks the other thing out and kneeling chairs particularly you have to be very disciplined in getting up and taking regular breaks because you're yes. trapping your legs in into one position so it's almost like being on an airplane where they say make sure you keep moving that's because your blood isn't circulating and you're at danger of unfortunately sort of getting clots and stuff and I'm not saying everyone who sits on a kneeling chair will get a clot I'm just saying you have to remember to move regularly so sorry Joe I I knew mentioning those three things would maybe put you into a spin so that was that was intentional (laughs) I could see that happening it's like okay let's just let's just mention this um so um from what I recall it's about being able to place your hands on the desk uh, at right angles and it to be kind of level without yeah. kind of shoulders so shoulders yeah. dropped hands Relax on the, the desk. shoulder right angle at your elbow and yeah. then your elbow and your forearm should be in line with the desk and that is you're then sitting at the right height I like I, I, I like won't that. ask you Lou if you're sitting at the right height I, I am sitting oh, at the fantastic right well done gold star <laughs> But I think I need to raise the level of my screen because I remember having some kind of eye line at a certain yeah. point in the screen 
Um, yeah. Can you help us understand a bit more about the online and the screen? Um, you know, maybe if you've got one screen or two screens or even three screens. Gosh, there's so many screens. Yes, the good rule of thumb is that your eyebrows should be sort of level with the black casing or the plastic casing around a screen. Yeah. I always say if if people have got multiple screens, if there's one screen that they tend to do most of their work on, yeah. have that in front of you. If you're, say, a developer and you genuinely use two screens pretty evenly, then actually have them kind of offset. So there's uh, so you've got the kind of the line of the screens in the middle yeah. and then you've got one screen off to the side. Sorry, yeah. that's not very handy on a podcast, me <laughs> waving my hands around to show. So, so should the screens slightly be overlapped or are you saying to move them no. further apart? No, they should literally be butted up next to each other. Okay. But you That's have fine. the kind of edges of the screens in front of you. So the, what you want to do is minimise your neck moving. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I much prefer it when people have one screen in front of yeah. them and then possibly a second one off to the side so that they can then pull up something and then drag it onto their main screen. Yeah. What can be the worst thing is when people have got one screen off to the right and they spend most of their day with their head twisted in that direction because yeah. effectively you're then taking all of the discs in your neck and twisting them slightly all yeah. day, every day, and then wondering why you end up with neck problems five years down the line. So Absolutely. So. And I think part of your intervention and your support is being proactive so that we're not feeling the effects yeah. that might not appear immediately, but they yeah. might appear years down the line. So how we can help ourselves as individuals working in the tech world or, um, you know, in any kind of industry that we're able to support ourselves uh, with equipment around us, as well as, you know, kind of great, great tech equipment and large screens or, or now just one main screen that's yeah. really, really big, which yeah. would help. Yeah. Yes. I, I always think, God, wouldn't it be lovely if in 20 years, hopefully I won't be working then, but say in 10 years time, I haven't got a job anymore because everybody's got a really good workstation and everybody's working at their optimum. But the reality yeah. is we are getting busier every yeah. year. And what worries me is that we are now seeing people far younger than we used to as well. So yeah. it used to be sort of people in their 40s. Whereas now a regular proportion of people are, are in their mm. 20s. And yeah. it's it's because people use screens from a much, much earlier age. But, mm. but nobody teaches ergonomics in schools. No. Nobody teaches people how to sit. So... And that's sort of one of my real bugbears in some ways, because actually, if we taught kids how to sit, it would have a trickle on effect going through into offices. And so yeah. people would just know if we look to the Scandinavian countries, they are far more advanced than we are. Everybody has a good chair. Everybody has a sit stand desk. Everybody has a kind of um upright vertical mouse and so they've done as much as they can to make sure that people don't suffer with these problems later in life yes that sounds very positive I think yeah. there's some there's some projects and some initiatives and there's some yeah. research on the back of this particular episode I, know. <laughs> I love it I love it so Joe, how can people get hold of you or get hold of posture people if they need help with their workstations and their working environment 
Hey, probably the easiest way to get hold of us is via the website, actually. So it's um, www.posturepeople.co.uk. If you want to look for us on YouTube, we're Posture People. We have got a Facebook and Instagram account, but I'll be honest, they're, they're not very populated. Not many people really want to interact with office chairs on the social media side of things. We'll, we'll have so. to find some some ingenious way to inspire. Yeah. Certainly if we're yeah. encouraging the younger younger yes. listeners yeah. Um, to uh, think about their yeah. own posture and and their future impact. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Joe. it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I hope you as listeners have been able to get some understanding. I'm now, my arms are at right angle and my eyebrows are now much lower. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will, um, Yes, uh, give you a call later, Joe, to okay, talk about the workstation assessment. Fine. Anyway, thank you very much and um, hopefully catch up with you soon. Thank you, Lou. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have recording it. I look forward to have you listening in again for the next episode. And in the meantime, I'd love you to rate, review and download this episode. Thanks again for listening.